Welcome to Dr. Oklahoma, a podcast that shines a light on uniquely Oklahoman health challenges and situations by chatting with integrous medical professionals who live here, work here, and are willing to lend their time and expertise to all of our listeners. The coronavirus, with its origins in the huge Chinese city of Wuhan, is dominating headlines right now as thousands have been infected, hundreds have died, and hundreds of Americans are being tested and quarantined, including right here in Oklahoma. For this Dr. Oklahoma special report, we've invited back Dr. David Chansome, Medical Director for Infection Prevention and Control at Integris Health, to address all of our rising concerns. Dr. Chansome, thanks for joining us at this pivotal time. Thank you for having me. From your perspective, where are we with this coronavirus outbreak? Could we be on the, on the doorstep of a pandemic? Uh, I think we could. Um, certainly, we're still very early in the process. It's only been a few weeks, and really things have ramped up significantly over the last 10 days, probably, uh, as they continue to investigate and diagnose and treat in China. They're getting a better idea of the breadth of the outbreak. And as such, you know, there's always potential for with, with world travel and, and how much closer everybody is to one another nowadays. There's always the potential for uh, dissemination on a wide scale. That being said, I do think that the World Health Organization and the Chinese uh, health authorities in particular learned a lot of lessons over the past few years with other novel coronavirus outbreaks, particularly those of us who are old enough can remember the SARS epidemic in the early 2000s, which was sort of had its epicenter in Hong Kong. Um, So the Chinese certainly are familiar with rapidly spreading severe respiratory virus that is very similar to the, to the one that, that they have now. And then there was another episode uh, more recently, but still probably about 10 years ago, um, and still ongoing transmission of the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome uh, coronavirus in, uh, centered out of Saudi Arabia. So we've had some experience with exactly the sort of organism uh, that, we're, that we're seeing now in China and I think that um, the lessons of the past will serve us well uh, during this outbreak. How contagious is it? What kind of numbers are you looking for for when it's really taking off? I think it's it's hard to know exactly how contagious it is. They, they, it certainly can spread animal to person. They haven't really identified the animal source yet. They have some ideas, but they haven't penned it down. In, in the SARS epidemic, it was the civet cat. In um, the uh, MERS epidemic, it was blamed on camels. So there was some animal-to-person spread, but then the coronavirus was able to make the jump from person-to-person spread. Clearly shared airspace, shared time in close contact with a person who is actively sneezing and coughing and having respiratory symptoms uh, is going to be the biggest risk factor for for person-to-person spread. So it's not exactly something that you can get from being maybe oh, in the same city as person who, who has it. Um, it's not quite that infectious. Uh, so there's still a lot to be learned about the virus, of course, as, as they continue to do contact tracing and the shoe leather epidemiology uh, with the boots on the ground there. We'll start to learn a lot more about that. But from what I'm reading, that's primarily the modes of transmission they're looking at right now. So for Oklahomans here, here at home, what should we be on the lookout for? What should we be doing to avoid any sort of possible exposure? Um, right now, the, uh, of course, the Oklahoma State Department of Health is investigating two cases that have testing pending with the um, health authorities at the CDC. Um, as far as watching out, I, I don't really know that there's a whole lot that we can do here in Oklahoma. We don't have a lot of travel um, from Chinese nationals, but again, as the globe continues to shrink, that certainly could happen. If it starts to become an outbreak situation, 
I think that that again because the health department is is kind of has their antenna up and is looking for problems and looking for cases that will be notified rather quickly. But we have to remember we're in a flu season and it's respiratory virus season. So the things that serve us well during flu season and respiratory virus season are going to be the same things that we do to protect ourselves from coronavirus, which is good hand washing, uh, good cough hygiene. We talked in the past about the vampire cough and, and coughing into the crook of your elbow rather than your hands, staying home if you're sick, uh, seeking the appropriate attention if necessary, uh, but all of those things will help not only with, with coronavirus, which of course is not an issue right now in Oklahoma, uh, but also with the influenza, which certainly is an issue, and other common seasonal illnesses. What should you do if, if you have these symptoms and, you know, unfortunately may have been in China, Hong Kong, even in Wuhan over the last little while? What should you do? Where should you go? So it's my understanding that right now they're kind of, they've learned some lessons from past global epidemics, particularly the Ebola virus. They had a very successful strategy of really trying to uh, funnel people into certain ports of entry, uh, airports, of course, mainly in this situation. And, and there they are doing a lot of screening of passengers as they disembark from flights from China or have a history of travel through China in the last 14 days or so. They are handing out pamphlets and, and booklets to people to let them know that if they, are, if they do get sick and they have some of those risk factors, namely, which is recent travel in, in the Wuhan area, uh, that they're to call the health department directly before kind of presenting to any sort of um, health facility like a hospital or an emergency room or an urgent care or doctor's office. They're encouraged to do that. If people are here now that, that might be on that, that could have slipped through the cracks, I think the same would hold true if they start developing symptoms of fever and cough or fever and shortness of breath and things like that, and they do have risk factors for coronavirus exposure, that they should call the health department first before presenting to, to their health facility of choice. What does Integris in particular have in place if somebody does present with symptoms or is, or is actually diagnosed? What, what happens at that point in time? That's a great question. We do, in our electronic medical record, we have a travel history screening questionnaire that we can tweak based on the um, outbreak of the year. So when the Ebola outbreak was occurring, of course, we had questions about travel to Liberia and places like that. And now that same questionnaire will fire with questions about travel, recent travel to China and anybody who's presenting with a respiratory illness. So that tool is deployed at the first point of contact with any patient presenting with those kinds of symptoms. If somebody were identified to be at risk, of course, we would notify the Oklahoma State Department of Health right away. We would properly isolate that patient with the precautions that we have in place. This has happened enough now that we actually have had policies in place for years for sort of respiratory illness outbreak situations. And so we are kind of dusting those off, buffing them up, making sure that everybody is aware of them that might be coming into contact with those folks, particularly people in the emergency room settings and the urgent care settings, that they can deploy the resources um, quickly and efficiently to make sure the patients are properly isolated, testing is done appropriately, of course, treatment rendered appropriately, and that we can also take care of our healthcare staff and, and physicians and other people who might uh, come into contact with the index patient. So we're prepared and ready to go if the worst comes to the worst. We are prepared and ready to go if the worst comes to the worst. Uh, in looking at the numbers of infected, and, and today's number is, is somewhere around 6,000, and with 160 fatalities, 
What kind of percentages does that match up with as far as regular influenza virus or some of these other serious uh, endemics or pandemics that we've had over the last few years? Does this appear to be a particularly deadly virus? That's a great question. Uh, it, it doesn't, in my opinion. Um, if you look, for example, at the SARS epidemic, you had a totality rate of upward of 30%. Uh, the MERS epidemic is about the same. And then influenza is going to be lower. It's going to be about 1.2, 1.3%. So right now we're sitting somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 3%, uh, 2 to 3%. I think this morning when I looked at it, the number was 2.17. So um, it's probably not as deadly as some of those earlier iterations of novel coronaviruses have been. Um, why is that? We don't know. We don't know enough about the, about the virus yet. Uh, to be able to, to make those kind of assumptions. But if you just go based on the raw numbers and the raw data, um, then, then it looks like it's probably not as deadly. Now, you know, with anything, particularly since this is a newer deal, you really have to, to wonder about the accuracy of the data. But I think the difference between 2.5% and 30% would not be very difficult to ascertain. So it doesn't look like it's quite as mortal. Certainly a number of articles out there uh, over the last couple of days as well uh, about those who are jumping as quickly as they can towards a vaccine. What do you foresee as far as the timing of that and, and perhaps the efficacy of that is concerned? Uh, coronavirus has been around for a long time. These three recent ones that I've, that I've spoken of, the, recent, the most current one in Wuhan, the SARS and the MERS, were all genetic anomalies that enabled these viruses to become hyper contagious and cause the bigger problems that they have. There has not, to my knowledge, been a coronavirus vaccine uh, in the works in the United States that would be useful in this sort of situation. And anything you're looking at with vaccine development takes months, if not years, to be able to deploy. There have been efforts to do that ever since the SARS epidemic, but just the fact that we don't have one yet, I think is probably a little discouraging in terms of thinking that we would have anything rapidly available to stem the current tide of uh, new cases in China. That being said, certainly there could be a breakthrough. There could be uh, sciences advancing by leaps and bounds frequently. Uh, so there could be something. But right now, from what I'm reading and what I'm hearing, I'm not seeing anything that looks imminent. So if, if you were to provide a, a singular statement as to, as to the situation that we're in right now, what would it be? It, it's, it's don't panic, but certainly be aware and, and be aware of what's going on around you. I mean, how, what would you advise the, the average Oklahoman to do and to think as far as this coronavirus is concerned right now? I, I don't think we have anything to worry about. Uh, it just takes one case to kind of set off a cascade of events. But right now, I don't think we have anything to worry about with regards to coronavirus. I would like to reiterate, though, this is a great opportunity to think about what we're doing for general respiratory hygiene. Influenza has already killed thousands of people in this country with millions of cases. And it's not too late to get your flu shot. It never is. So if people haven't done that, this is a good opportunity to go do that. Also, it's a good opportunity to practice those respiratory hygiene things that we talked about with really good hand washing, covering your cough, staying away from people if you're sick, and um, uh, just practicing good general health. Uh, I think right now the idea that we're going to have a big outbreak of coronavirus in Oklahoma seems very, very unlikely, but um, certainly we have opportunities to stay healthy from a lot of other things that are similarly transmitted and can similarly affect at-risk patients. Dr. Chansom, thank you so much for joining us. I think you've probably calmed some nerves, but certainly given out some very important advice as well today. Thank you again. 
Thank you for having me. And to our listeners, join us next time where we'll be busy getting a doctor's advice on how to stay healthy so we can continue living and loving life in our great state, right here on Dr. Oklahoma.